Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to look at the, in the Gospel of Matthew as we start our, our series here in Advent. The Gospel of Matthew, uh, every one of the Gospels gives us accounts of Jesus, and, and uh, some give us detailed birth accounts. Normally you hear a lot from Luke um, when it comes to Christmas, uh, but, but for, for today we're going to be in, in Matthew. Uh, and we're going to be in the 23rd chapter, 26, 24. I did not write it down. I have the scripture, but I didn't write the reference. Matthew 24, and we're going to start in verse 36, going into verse 44. Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you, don't know, you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of the Lord, and we can say, thanks be to God. In the last five years or so, maybe, maybe even a little further back, maybe seven to ten years, there's been a, a pretty big change in the entertainment business. Now, it, it used to be uh, that, you know, when actors tried to get their start, normally this was their timeline. Normally an actor would go into acting and they might get a commercial and for like a local TV station. And, you know, a few, a few thousand people might see them on a commercial for whatever car dealership or whoever it was. Well, then, if, if things went well and maybe somebody really important saw that commercial or maybe they could send their, their tape in to, to, you know, producers or someone, then maybe if they were lucky, they might get on a TV show. And at times for those starting actors, it might even look like one of those little tiny parts in, you know, one of those uh, soap operas. You know, they're on for like, they're the nurse in the hospital for one episode. And then, you know, then later on, they're the, you know, the barber in the back of the barber shop for a little bit. As they kind of get their feet in the water and they begin acting. But the pinnacle of acting, it used to be movies. When you made it into a movie, you were something. So you might, might only be a background person in a movie but you're in a movie. And then you slowly could make your way into maybe being a lead role in a, in a movie. But I think that has changed. I think that's changed in the last, let's say, 10 years or so. Because of one thing, and that's the introduction of streaming services. Nowadays, you... so. We all remember the days 
where your favorite show would come on on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And if you were not at home on Tuesday at 7 p.m., you did not see it. And if you were at home on Tuesday at 7 p.m. and you didn't want to watch that show, too bad. That was, that's what was on. Well, nowadays, we don't have to deal with that much anymore. If you're willing to pay, you know, the $5.99 or $7.99 or whatever it is, you can get all the episodes of everything at your fingertips. And you can just watch them at your leisure. You see... TV shows used to take a lot more commitment because we'd have to be at home in front of the TV at the right time. So movies were much more prominent because a movie only asked for like 90 minutes of your time, maybe two hours if it was, you know, a a long movie. But TV shows, they, they ask us to come along for the journey. They ask us to say, hey, tune in every week. And nowadays, we can just turn it on We can start a show this afternoon and we can watch all the episodes and whether it takes today or whether it takes weeks, depending on how long the show is. It's a journey that we we dive into and we know, hey, this isn't going to get fixed quickly. Movies, they seem to just cut to the chase. And for some of us, movies might still be the best because you know, hey, I'm only committing, you know, two hours. I'm not committing days worth of time to finish this show. They cut to the chase pretty fast. But I think the TV shows have taken over because of the accessibility, but also because we want to take the journey with them. Sometimes a movie just resolves too quickly. We see bad guy does bad thing, good guy comes in and saves the day. By the end, the puppy passes away or whatever the horrible thing happens in the movie. Then there's some resolution and then it's over. But I think at the heart of Advent, is the journey that a TV show takes us on. This journey that makes us anticipate what is coming and know that it's not going to get fixed quickly. The word Advent comes from a Latin phrase, Adventus Regnus. Anybody know what that means? It means the king is coming. And so Advent for us means that the king is coming again. We live in this time between the times where we know the king has already come, but we're anticipating the king's return. While we look forward to Christmas, we know exactly how long that anticipation is going to last. Today's November 27th, right? And so we know that we've got, you know, 30-ish days, 28, something like that, until, until Christmas comes. It's easy to wait when we know when it's going to change, when we know the end point of our waiting. We have to move forward while we wait, knowing that Christ is coming. Although for his second coming, we don't know when. This calls us into an active waiting and not a passive waiting. This means that we just can't sit around and one day be surprised, be taken off guard when Christ returns. Think about when your family is coming into town for a special event, or maybe even right now, the holidays. In the days up, we don't simply just sit on the couch and keep our mind busy while we wait. What do we do? We go to the grocery store, because they're coming in from out of town. We don't want them to have to spend money on food, right? We're going to stock the pantry. Uh, We're going to make sure that they're taken care of. We vacuum the house and make sure that no dishes are in the sink, because we want them to know that we took seriously the fact that they were coming. 
We make sure that there are clean towels in that extra room, and we make sure that the sheets are fresh on the bed because we want them to know that we anticipated them coming and that we wanted them to have our best. The text today in Matthew points us back to the flood. It says that the people of God were anticipating the Messiah coming, but they got distracted. They were not taking marriage seriously. They were too busy to listen to the fact that the flood was coming, and they were certainly not prepared, right? If you remember the story, only Noah and his family, they were the only ones prepared. When our anticipation and waiting turns into busyness, we're going to miss it when the king comes again. Many of us, we can admit that we're really good at being busy. Anytime somebody asks, how are things going? What's the response? Busy, busy, busy. It's that time of year. And then when this time of year is over with, you realize that it's that time of year too. And then when the summer comes around, oh, it's summer, you know, busy, busy, busy. Then the fall comes, oh, it's fall, we're busy. Busy often means that we've gotten distracted by things that don't matter. Or things that are not of the kingdom of God to which we belong. Now, I'm not saying that it's a sin to be busy. It's good to be about the work of the Lord. But oftentimes, when we're not focused on the work of the Lord, we look for other things that will take our time and energy. You know what I mean. Don't you just hate it when you go to bed at night and you realize you're not tired? You just didn't do enough that day. Your body's still amped up. You, you could get up and keep going. So sometimes we just think, oh, we got to get busier. But there's things that we can do to be about the preparation of the Lord returning. This Advent season, may we be reminded that God is not inviting us to some movie relationship where all of the answers come in no time and they have a nice, complete story without much commitment. All right, God, I'll give you an hour and a half. Explain your plans. I'll wait in anticipation for about 30 minutes in the middle to see how it resolves. But please, could you make it a little predictable? Because most movies are these days, right? We like to kind of know, well, he did it or she did it or they're going to get back together. Rather, God is inviting us to come along for the journey of anticipation that spans a large amount of time like a TV show. Shows that we have to commit to finishing. How many of us have ever not finished a TV show because it just went on too long? You get about halfway through and you're like, man, they just need to wrap this up. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. This is, this is too much. Maybe it seems like nothing good is happening, so you give up. It's all bad to the point that it just gets depressing. But the good news for us in the season of Advent is that we're reminded that even when we don't have any idea why we're in what seems to be a lull, this is just the middle of our journey. There are more twists and turns to come, and thanks be to God, we know what the end will be. And let me tell you, it is worth it. As we begin this series through Advent for the next several weeks, we're reminded of something that Paul taught us last week out of Colossians. We're to stay alert. As Matthew said, for if the owner knew when the robber was coming, the door would have been locked and the break-in would have been avoided. You know, that's really the unfortunate thing about getting robbed. If you knew that you were going to get robbed, you wouldn't get robbed. It often takes it happening for you to fix something in your system or for you to be on guard. 
Christ's return is something that we can never have our guard down about. We have to realize that this is not a movie worth of anticipation, but rather a TV show worth. It's a journey, church. We're not just going to wake up tomorrow and God's going to say, here's all the answers. Here's what I'm doing in the world. I thought you should know every detail. But rather, he says, hey, I'm God. Trust me. Let's go through this together. Let's journey together, and I will return. If we let our guard down, the finale will come, and we won't be ready. I plead with you today, church, let's not jump straight into Christmas. Let us truly wait, knowing that the celebration, it's coming on the horizon. It is. Some days it seems much closer than others, but I promise you that it's coming. Christmas itself is a season, 12 days long, starting December 25th, and we will celebrate that. We will celebrate Christ's first coming. But what Advent is to us and teaches us is to practice living and working in the time between the first and the second coming of our Lord. So as we said, and Tina lit our first Advent candle today, the first Advent candle of the season is the candle of hope. Today's theme is hope. So what hope can we glean from this text about waiting, this text about Christ returning, this text about the Old Testament people just not getting it right? It's that we know that we are a part of something that's meaningful. We're a part of something that is advancing. We're a part of the story of God and not some unknown accident that we just call history. We weren't just poofed into existence and it has no meaning. But our hope lies in the fact that we are waiting on the same king that says to return and make all things new. When the world asks how this can go on much longer, why would the Lord tarry? We know that God, the God that we serve says, he says three things. Be patient. I'm working. I will return. Be patient. I'm working. I will return. We can be like our ancestors and wander through the wilderness because we didn't behave. We can get wrapped up in our busyness and miss the warning of the flood. Or we can live lives of hope that trust in the God who gives us meaning and purpose and hope eternal. There's more to life than what we can see. Through the hope that we have in the king that we are waiting on, we can trust that greater things are still to come. I believe that for each and every one of us in this room today, no matter how old, no matter how young you are, there are greater things to come because God still wants to use you. The hope that we have in Christ, it can get you through this coming year. It can. It can get you through this month. It can get you through this week. And it can get you through today. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Hope is what this world needs. And I'm thankful today that we have it in our Messiah who has come, but is coming again. So when you're frustrated, when you just think, God, where are you in the midst of all of this chaos? When you hear people say, it's not going to get any better. Just remember that, that anybody could have sat down for an hour and committed to that. But God's not asking for an hour of our time. 
God's asking for our lives. Our lives that say, oh, this is a tough, tough season. Or our lives that say, man, could anything get any better? And then the tragedy hits. God is asking for all of it and saying, I promise you that you'll like the ending. Just trust me for this journey. Our narrators are going to come and we're going to finish our our last section here of of Hanging in the Greens. But I want us to pray this morning for, for something specific, that God would place in us the hope that we so desperately need. Because without hope, the world is just going to get more and more depressed and awful. But we as people of hope can be the lights in the world that reflect the light of the Messiah who will return. So again, in these next few weeks, we're going to talk about Jesus coming the first time. But we're going to focus in on what it means to live between the first and the second coming of our Lord. Let us pray. Lord, help us today to be reminded of the fact that you are not going to leave us, that we have hope in that, that even though we're waiting on your return, that somehow in the midst of being God, you are present with us today. For no other God could do that. That's why you are greater and higher and more than any name we could ever worship. Father, today, help us to realize that that when we surrender our lives to you, it's not a quick jump to the end, but that it is a journey that's going to take time and commitment. Lord, help us to not just get busy as we pass the time awaiting your return, but help us to be faithfully carrying out your work. Lord, that's not just my prayer for us as individuals, but for our church. Help us not to just be busy because we need to be doing something but point us to meaningful work that will further your kingdom as we anticipate it coming in its fullness at your return. Lord, we know that you are making all things new. Help us to see that today. Help us to participate in that today. Help us to trust you with all that we have because you are our hope and we can get that nowhere else. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you are doing. Continue to bless our time together and it's in your name we pray. Amen.